This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Tom Bernard Show with... The other black man, JB. <laughs> Andy Brad Bernard. Cassie Schrader. Aren't you going to say the other black woman? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I guess. Uh, you could. Yeah, probably not. We'll be right back, kick things off. JB joins us right after this Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. I guess that's payment for being late. We are back for part three of Black Friday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great to be here. Uh, yeah, it's too bad, actually, you weren't here. Because, well, I'm glad you did run into Philip, though. Because yeah. Philip did want to see you. Well, it looks like he's healthy. He does look like he's very, very healthy. He's, I'm not going to say a well. mind, but he well, looks no, like he's a healthy mind. a whole different deal. <laughs> you know, he just, Philip, uh, Philip's an old, dear friend. And he, Philip goes through his, he was in a great mood today, though. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what he would have said with the comment you just said? Oh, an old dear friend here said, who are you calling old? Oh, you calling old. <laughs> Big insult. You had to insult so, me. Like, no, I'm not. I don't have to insult you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Uh, but I could read him the cheapest states for retirement. If Philip were here, I'd, I'd read the uh, cheapest states for oh, retirement. Tell me. Montana, cause... Wyoming, Kansas. Okay, let me see if I can find him. I guarantee Okay, well, the, the 26 cheapest states for retirement. 26? That's, well, I'm not going to read all of yeah, them. Yeah, that's a lot of states. <laughs> I will not read all of them. Oh, is this one that you have to keep clicking? I one by that. one? Yeah, yeah that's they all are. awful. I'm not doing that. That's that's too much to go. It's a ploy to get more clicks. Cooks, yeah, that's Andy what it is, probably could look up, and they'd be one chart sitting there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, maybe someone's like, yeah, put it up there. Why do they do that? Don't do Click that. Clickbait. It is clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, every every uh, page view they get is uh, more potential ad money. Oh, so. I suppose it's true. Well, and it's, and it's funny because it's like, do you remember this star, uh, child actress? <clears throat> see how they look now? And you click expecting just to see a new, just the updated picture. Yeah. No. No. No, it's, and in some cases, the person they're talking about, you've clicked 50 times and they don't even show up. Yep. 
Yeah, that, oh, that's right. You know, I've done that before. It's like, oh, see what so and so looks like today, mm-hmm. and they never show up. Right. It's terrible. Like they're allowed to do that. Why are they allowed to do that? Well, who's going to regulate something that? I will. Trivia. <laughs> I'll take it over. It's my job. <laughs> Stop screwing people over, damn it. Yeah, here we go. The affordability rank. Yep. Um, yeah, I was pretty much. It's the mountain states in the south. <laughs> Oh, it's the no States big surprise. The Number one is Florida, which again, no surprise, right? Because that's where all old people mm-hmm. go. South Dakota, very cheap. Alabama, Wyoming, Tennessee, South Carolina. So it's everybody th- you would think it would be. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. The worst I'm going to guess is like Hawaii. Second worst. New Jersey is the worst. New Jersey's worse than New York. Uh, yeah, by five places. Really? That surprises hmm. me. A previously unseen photo of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex has been moved from its place in Buckingham Palace. A touching portrait of the newlyweds was spotted on display in the audience room of the Queen's London residence for the first time last week. But photos taken inside the room today reveal the portrait has since been moved from the side table, revealing a picture of Prince William and Harry in its place. The Queen regularly moves photographs around inside the ornate uh, reception room, although a handful of favorites are often in view. Well, why would she move it? Oh, yeah, it's a good picture, actually. It is a nice picture. I'm looking at the picture right now. And, by the way, this ornate room, yeah, mm-hmm. it's ornate. <laughs> I guarantee you Do you think the queen actually moves it, or no. do you think no. there's no. somebody who hired yeah, there's just no to way. move You're photos right. around? She once said, hey, keep the photos moving. <laughs> and now there's some sap in charge of keeping the photos moving. <laughs> Among them is a photograph of Princess Anne and her husband, Timothy Lawrence, and another of Zara and Mike Tyndall. On their wedding day. Zara Tyndall, that's a name. Who is Zara Tyndall? I have no idea who that even is. T-I-N-D-A-L-L. The most recent photo... Re- I don't know if I'm saying this. <laughs> she, um, she's an equestrian and Olympian, the daughter of Princess Anne and granddaughter of oh, Queen Elizabeth. Okay, well, there you go. Mm. The most recent photo rejig was spotted in uh, photos taken today of the Queen's audience with celebrated composer Thea Musgrave. Ms. Musgrave was invited to the palace to be presented with the Queen's Medal for Music, the portrait of Harry 33 and Meghan 36. Oh, she's a cradle robber. I didn't know that. <laughs> in a loving embrace was previously seen on the right-hand side of the fireplace of the living room. Boy, they, they, they're showing a lot of pictures of this room. It was the first photograph of Meghan to appear in Buckingham Palace, and it sat alongside Her Majesty's other treasured photographs of her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. While it is unclear when and where the photo was taken, Hello reports it is likely to have been taken by the couple's wedding photographer, Alexei Lobomirsky, as part of their engagement shoot in December. The audience room is where the Queen stores some of her most significant treasures, giving royal fans a rare glimpse into her personal life. The room situated on the palace's first floor is peppered with photographs of royals. So apparently they moved the picture and nobody knows why they, they, moved, they moved the picture. Like I said, somebody's in charge of moving pictures. <clears throat> so they just moved the picture. I have the latest uh, hot news on Uh-oh. Uh, a cougar. A cougar as in a good-looking woman? Mm-hmm. All right. I want to hear this. Lindsey Vaughn. Oh, yeah. I said she's a, what do they call it, the new power couple? Yeah, do you see who it is? Yeah, it's a hockey player. Yep, P.K. Subban. He's, she's 33, she's, and he's 29. She's 33, he's 29. Yep. She likes the brothers, man. Yeah, you see that. Yeah, she likes Tiger Woods, <laughs> now she's got P.J. Subban. Mm-hmm. So, but he seems to be, you know, not the Tiger is but uh, he seems to be, he's got it all together. Yeah, he's... Um, He's a very good, or he's a great hockey player. He is a great hockey but player. But he has a uh, great sense of worth and also a great sense of humor. Yeah, you know, yeah, I they, did notice they, that. Yep. They drag him on TV as much as they can to quote him, to have him be a part of broadcasts and whatnot. So, Oh, they do? Yeah. On, um, well, he was on last night on NBC's In Between Periods. And... Um, he was actually sitting there asking very good questions to the commissioner doing one segment. I was really? like, whoa, okay. But um, now I saw there's a group of photos. He was he was once uh, standing next to the first black NHL uh, hockey player. 
and um if you ever see the video of it, it's pretty touching because he's you know he's standing there with his arm around him and he said because of this man and what he went through I can now make the money I make and live the lifestyle I live. No, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, we need to see more of that, actually. Right. I agree. I mean, the young players should. But should. most of them don't know the hist- enough history. To, and I, you yeah, know, probably I, I'm true. quite sure his parents, his, his dad, which has gotten him and his brother Malcolm, who's actually, a, he was the backup goalie for Vegas this year. Uh Got them into hockey, but I'm quite sure he taught them the history and whatnot. So, yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, yeah, I would think that's that is that is true. So, yeah, that I like that kind of stuff. You know, I, I really do. I like that. Uh, what Lindsay Vaughn? She's taller than he is too. Yeah, I did see that. That he is. She well, is she was wearing heels. Though. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> what is this? Judge decides if Matt Lauer can keep his New Zealand ranch. What is somebody trying to take it away from him? Oh, maybe his wife, because she filed for divorce. She did definitely file. She I did think file. she did. I think you're right about that. Former Today Show host Matt Lauer can keep a lakeside ranch in New Zealand after authorities there concluded Friday that there wasn't enough evidence he'd breached a good character condition. Lauer has been accused of sexual misconduct by at least three women and was fired from NBC last November. God, it's been that long already? Mm-hmm. Man. His termination triggered an investigation by New Zealand authorities who require foreign buyers of important assets to be of good character. The provision is broad and includes criminal convictions as well as anything else that uh, authorities decide reflects poorly on an owner's integrity. Lauer last year purchased a lease for the Hunter Valley Station, a 26,500-acre uh, 26, farm near the ski resort of Queenstown. Uh, which I ever, uh, advertising material described as a truly majestic setting, which adjoins a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The property includes a five-bedroom lakefront homestead, as well as several huts, about 13,000 cattle and merino sheep. <laughs> Runs alongside a river. It's been filled with trout and salmon. New Zealand's uh, Overseas Investment Office, OIO, said that as part of its investigation, it had taken sworn statements from Lauer and had been in touch with NBC. Mr. Lauer has not been charged with any offense nor convicted, and the evidence available to the uh, OIO at this time does not establish that Mr. Lauer is unfit to continue to hold the asset, said Lisa Barrett, an official at Land Information New Zealand. In a statement, however, in reaching this position, we do not condone the inappropriate way that Mr. Lauer has behaved. Uh, Barrett said the office would continue to monitor the issue, had made it clear to Lauer that he needed to remain of good character to keep the ranch. Lauer's New New Zealand lawyer, Graham Todd, said his client didn't wish to comment. See, that's the problem with being a big-time celebrity on television or wherever. Mm -hmm. They know you around the world. Right. So people will see him walking through this town, and they're going, oh, there's that guy. Well, but how about that country having a clause to own property you have to be a good citizen i do like that i really do although they judge what a good citizen is so that mm-hmm. might be a problem yeah i mean that's the only thing about it it could be a problem since they're the judge of what a good citizen is uh lauer is one of dozens of powerful men who faced a range of sexual misconduct allegations since last year when allegations against hollywood mogul harvey weinstein were published uh there haven't been any this week though and i don't think there have been any new ones this week this week is Suicide Week, apparently. Mm. Who else besides that fashion person? Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. And then, uh, you, um, what? Anthony Bourdain killed himself yesterday. Yep. And I then just, um, just he was just in town. Yeah, he was. Yep, he was just here. And he was on uh, the Joe Souchere show. Oh, he went on Souchere. Mm-hmm. There was someone else, but I don't. It wasn't a suicide, but it was. Uh, you know what? The, I don't know. The, the the lyrics, the first line of the show Mash, or the in the Suicide movie says is painless. painless. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's the first line. Uh, Val Kilmer has called Anthony Bourdain's suicide selfish in a lengthy Facebook post in which the actor tells his uh, late friend, "You've given us cause to be so angry." From every corner of the world, you were loved so selfish. Kilmer wrote on Facebook on Friday. You've given us cause to be so angry. Well, yeah. he just had a child. Anthony Bourdain did? Yes. Ooh, he was like an good. 11-year-old, I think. No, I thought, yeah. it, thought it was something even younger than that. Does he, he was... have an even younger one? That's terrible. Do, 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 that is do. terrible. 
Um, I don't think so. Well, the way that he was talking to Joe, that this baby was uh, this was a baby and it was pretty new. Well, so uh, I don't know because yeah, her daughter. I mean, his daughter's eleven. Okay. Well, he, he made it sound much younger. A spiritual guy. Uh, a spiritual guide once told me suicide is the most selfish act a human can execute, and I was confused. But she explained there's just no mental place further away from humanity and purpose than the hypnotized numbness that creates the false picture of despair that forces the victim unaware to believe life's legacy is over. He added, those of us that knew you are shocked and angry and angry and angry, selfishly angry for what you did to us. Oh, darkness, my prayer before the light breaks this morning of June 8th is that it doesn't ever again fool another warrior like you who chased the hot slice of momentary satisfaction around the world 15 times but found no reason for 16. Boy, that kind of rambled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> What the hell and are you talking about? He's pretty about? angry. Now, yeah, he sounds like he's angry. As a good auto- Catholic altar boy, mm-hmm. I was always told that is the one sin that you can never be forgiven of. Yeah, that's, that's right. The one sin they can never forgive you for to Catholics is suicide. That's absolutely true. I don't know. Kilmer is very, very upset about it. They still don't say how he killed himself. At least I, I couldn't find anything new, Andy. Did you? I don't think there's any new information on how he did kill himself. But wasn't he found in a hallway or something? I don't know. It's a weird deal. Nothing? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I, you wonder. Here's a guy had all the money in the world, all the fame in the world, had everything. How do you get to that know. point? And that's a point I don't want to find out. How do I get to that? point? Yeah, well, that's a very good. Uh, that's a good observation. You don't want to know. You want. And I mean, I've had some tough times in my life. You yeah. know, divorce and you know, basically broke and all these things. And mm-hmm. luckily, I've never thought about killing myself well that's a good thing i mean i gotta lead people in a good mood that's that's excellent uh mr bourdain was found dead in his room at la chambard a luxury hotel in the village of kersberg uh in the alsace region of eastern france according to a prosecutor in the nearby city of colmar the prosecutor christian de roquenay du fayel said the cause of death was hanging yeah he hanged himself hmm at this stage, we have no reason to suspect foul play. Mr. Bourdain had traveled to Strasbourg in France near the country's border with Germany with a television production crew to record an episode of his show, Parts Unknown. So he hanged. That's the third one. This, or the Yeah, it's the third one this week that hanged himself, right? Yeah, well, the, um, Fox News just put out a story that he has contemplated suicide before. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, it shows him with a young child. That's terrible. Mm. We will be right back and look at it right after this Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you could install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Call or visit Flow's newest dealer in Chanhassen. Lakeshore Equipment, 952 
888-474-DOC or lakeshoreequipment.com, of course. Flow docks and lifts, a better way. There's too many of you crying. One of my probably brother, brother, brother. might be my favorite album of all time. There's far too many yeah, it was my dad when that album broke. I think I told you my dad was a bar DJ yes. or a party DJ. He would go to yep. private homes and our uh, bars on the weekend and spin. And, um, when that album broke, he played it. I think he wore it out. He played it over and over and over and over. Well, it's one of the great albums of all time. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And as I've revealed before, I actually owned that coat that he was wearing on the cover. <laughs> because of him? Because of him, yeah. I, I said, oh, Marvin Gaye can wear this coat. I got It's kind of a shiny leather, mm-hmm. brown leather, shiny thing. It's really, really nice, but... And there's a guy shot to death by his own father. Yeah. But, uh, wasn't it on or near his birthday? I think that's it was, exactly right. I, I want to say, wasn't it like April Fool's Day? Because then everybody thought it was an April Fool's, Fool's joke. Fool's joke, too. Right. I wanna, yeah, April 1st. He was, he was killed on April 1st? I believe so. Yeah, you might be right about that. I don't know. So, JB, the question was asked earlier. I'll ask you, uh, do you think the Cavaliers are going to win one game in that series? <laughs> Uh, I was thinking they would, but I don't know. I mean, not anymore. <laughs> how in the heck does? I mean, not only do they lose the series, but they will lose LeBron James because he probably has no confidence in a coach who yeah. would stand there and watch his player dribble out the last I know, seconds. That was weird. It's like the coach can call a timeout. Anybody. It's not like NFL football where it's only the coach or the quarterback. All the five guys on the court can, and the coach on the on the bench can call the timeout. And they, LeBron asked because he wasn't sure, and they were saying that was poor coaching because one of the things you talk about that late in the game when you huddle up is we got a timeout, we got two timeouts. We don't have any timeouts because you call a timeout when you don't have one. That's a technical right, foul. Right. So you you remind your players because their minds are – Racing 90 miles an hour and whatnot. Hey, guys, we got one timeout left, so if something weird happened, get the ball, call a timeout. Get back over here, let's regroup. And he right. didn't do that. No, he did not. And I don't know why he didn't do that. Uh, you guys know who Charles Krauthammer is, don't you? The conservative nope. columnist. Mm-mm. He's on Fox TV a lot. You Never watch Fox TV. <laughs> well, I know, but I mean, you, you might know who he is because he's a, he's a columnist. This is the final verdict. My fight is over, Charles Krauthammer, the famed conservative columnist, informed readers on Friday that he is confronting an aggressive form of cancer. My doctors tell me their best estimate is that I have only a few weeks left to live, uh, he wrote. Krauthammer. Yeah, this man, that's got to be tough to do. Krauthammer shared the devastating news in a short matter-of-fact note on the website of the Washington Post, where he has been a columnist since 1984. I le- now the Washington Post is a is a pretty liberal newspaper. Krauthammer's Kraut- been working there, like I said, for the past uh, what thirty four years, something like that. I leave this life with no regrets. He wrote in the farewell message, "It was a wonderful life, full and complete, with the great loves and great endeavors that make it worth living." I am sad to leave, but I leave with the knowledge that I lived the life that I intended. Krauthammer was also a longtime commentator on Fox News. He had to step away from both jobs last August for surgery to remove what he called a cancerous tumor in my abdomen. There were numerous complications. Special report uh, anchor Brett Baer occasionally gave updates to viewers about Krauthammer's recovery. Colleagues and viewers alike are, uh, had held out hope that he would return to the evening show. He helped establish a must-viewing. Fox story on Krauthammer noted on Friday. Last month, Bear offered some good news via a message from uh, Krauthammer. The worst now appears to be behind me, but then Krauthammer received the worst possible news. Recent tests have revealed that the cancer has returned, he explained Friday. There was no sign of it. So, Andy, in that situation, does it return or did you? they just not get it? Yeah, it, they just didn't get it at all. That's what I thought. 
There was no sign of it as recently as a month ago, which means it is aggressive and spreading rapidly. In his note to readers, he thanked colleagues, readers, and viewers who have made my career possible and given consequence to my life's work. He wrote, I believe that the pursuit of truth and the right ideas through honest debate and rigorous argument is a noble undertaking. You know, the problem that you have with this is the Washington Post, how are they going to... uh, Find another conservative columnist because they can't stand conservative <laughs> columnists. So, but but it's, I, I, yeah, it's honorable that they had a, a guy with a completely different viewpoint in their newspaper. But, uh, well, I can't say that I was ever a huge Charles Krauthammer fan. He was a very smart guy. Uh, and he offered pretty, you know, he was pretty even keel to tell you the truth. He would argue with other people on Fox News about this, that, and the other thing. So he didn't always just take the conservative or the... He, he he was not far right, right. Uh, from what I can remember, anyway. I didn't. I haven't watched any any of the national news shows in several months now because I just got sick to death of it. I just man, God, there's no negative and ugh, nasty. Very very negative news, whether it's uh, you know CNN or it's Fox or whatever. It just uh, we were talking about that this morning. Do you think? Do you guys think? that all of this negative stuff on social media is driving some of this suicide? Well, it could be. I mean, it, it just seems like nobody is happy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I just think this negativity just wears on people. And if you suffer from chronic depression, have mm-hmm. drug issues, I mean, it just, you start taking things personally that you normally yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing is just, I just don't think it's a good idea to be on social media and look at people calling you these names and saying this no. about you and that about you. What, what good does it do? But we, um, I think we're facing a um, mental health crisis crisis oh, yeah. in this country and don't, don't even want to discuss it, don't even want to acknowledge it, and it just, it's starting to spiral out of control and... You know, that's why you have these mass shootings and, you know, people killing themselves. And we don't want to address it. And I don't I don't get why not, because I think we, we as a society have grown to understand that we shouldn't shame people. And we basically don't people with mental health issues. But I mean, I was down in Phoenix the early part of this week for our national convention and the homeless population down there which a lot of homeless people tend to have some type of mental health issue was unbelievable yeah and the odd thing was most of them had wheelchairs really Hmm. i was like am i seeing something and yeah they all had wheelchairs they were all getting around on wheelchairs so they must be getting some type of assistance because mm-hmm. you just you can't just go to somewhere and just pick up a wheelchair. Well, I think we also live in an age with all the social media that people need to feel validated all the time. Right. And, I mean, I see it in my kids. They'll be like, oh, I only got 20 likes on my right. Instagram mm-hmm. post. And I'm like, so? so? Yeah, but then cares? if they get like 100, then right. they're happy. So they're judging their happiness based on what other people think of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a rep. A well, recipe for disaster. I think people forgot that the the original intent was updating people that you're not near. Yeah, that's what I use. It. I mean, I post pictures of my kids, so right. family and friends that aren't in our day-to-day lives mm-hmm. get to see that. I don't post anything political. Right. I don't, because I know all it's going to do is turn into an argument. Argu- right. So I just, I try and stay away from that negative, you know, abyss that is Mm -hmm. social media no i I really think people have forgotten that was the true intent of social media was to be social Mm -hmm. yeah to be social that would have been nice right and it's become anti-social media yep you know because all we do is pick at each other and uh, talk about other people or argue politics and this that and the other it's very little celebrating going on social media. It's become a schoolyard playground. Right. And where you got the bullies and you got the kids that, you know, get picked on all the time. I mean, it's just pathetic, honestly. I just shake my head when I see posts. I'm just like, I can't. I just. So on Monday, you can use that. 
start calling it anti-social media. Anti-social. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about my Minnesota Gopher baseball cap. No. They're... I appreciate the support, and I know John would appreciate that. Oh yeah, you got. I'm telling you what, they work a miracle over there because once again, northern teams are at a big disadvantage in baseball. Well, they kind of leveled the playing field. You now, everybody starts the same day practice. Everybody game can't have games start until the same weekend. The disadvantage that you have is that northern schools have to travel. Yes, exactly. We're we're in a different boat here because uh, at first the Metrodome and now U.S. Bank Stadium. I think this year they played about 20 games here before they had to hit the, really hit the oh, road. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big thing. But next year, because of the basketball uh, Final Four being here, they have no access to that. So oh, they man. are just like the softball Ooh. program. They... Uh, the second week of February until you get outside around the end of March, they're gone every weekend. Oh man! And traveling a long distance too because they got to go yeah. all the way, all it's the way south. It's Florida, California, California oh, yeah. Arizona, uh, Georgia, New Mexico, Georgia. Texas. Georgia. Yeah. So it's not like you can go. You know, at a certain point in March, you might be able to go to like Kansas and Missouri. You yeah, might I said, maybe, be able to. Yeah, yeah maybe. But um, for the most part, you got to, like you said, get on a plane and go really far. And you that's, do, it's true. that's expensive and it's time consuming for the kids and whatnot. But I think is, I think baseball is, uh, as a team, their grade point average is like 3 4, and softball is like 3 8. So they make it work. Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you think of this Otani uh, injury? Blister? Well, it normally happens. There's, uh, it's probably him throwing either a splitter or a slider. Right. And it causes blisters on their hand, and you can't wear, because of the rules of baseball, you cannot wear a Band-Aid. Yeah, you, so you can't, you can't wear a Band-Aid. Band-Aid yeah, or it, tape. No. Yep, because it will huh, change yeah, the rotation of the ball. Right. So you just so, can't do it. So you have to have naked skin, and some guys are susceptible to... And, like, we even have softball pitchers that, like, super glue their finger as an extra, like, layer. So you can do that, but you can't put on a band right? That's yep. weird. You that can super weird. glue over a blister. They actually, um, super glue is sometimes used. Um, well, that was the original intent, wasn't it? Or use, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was, yeah. The it's sometimes used as, like, an emergency uh, suture. So there you go. If you got a wound like that, you got some super glue. What's the glue called that, that, that actually, in the, it's got the little talking sore on the hand that talks about put the glue on. Oh, was it? Well, they have this What's one called, called New Skin or something? Yeah, New Skin. That's yeah. exactly is that what it right. Is? Okay. Yeah, it's called New Skin. New Skin Liquid Bandage. Yeah, I don't think huh. it had as much. Um, there was something else that wasn't in regular super glue that they took out. I want, maybe it was like an alcohol, so it didn't sting as bad right, when you put it right. on. Hmm. So but but yeah, that's an that's an issue, and guys have been put on the disabled list for that. Well, they said he he he's going to miss at least one start, and he could wind up on the DL, which is too bad for baseball. Right. I mean, that's the thing about it. Yeah, you know, he he, he plays for the Los Angeles Angels, but that's bad for baseball because Otani. Everybody's been watching Otani. Uh, he's a hell of a pitcher. Show high. Otani had to leave his start on Wednesday night with what was later revealed to be another blister issue. And the latest could result in a trip to the disabled list for the Los Angeles Angels phenom. John Marassi of MLB Network reports that Otani will miss at least one start and could wind up on the DL. That, uh, yeah, I, I don't like seeing stuff like that happen to baseball. Um, <clears throat> one of the Alou, you remember the Alou brothers? Oh, yeah. And then they, one of them had Jesus. a particularly. Right. <laughs> had a son that played on the Cubs. And he oh, was yeah, trying yeah. to catch that foul ball, that Bartman ball. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Well, he wants to acknowledge that he would urinate on his hands to make his skin tougher. Mm. Well, that's what they believe. I don't know right. if that's true or I not. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what he, he, he's been quoted in saying that. I just don't know if that, how, how would that possibly help? I don't get that. I don't know. I think he would just be better off. I know in some cases they... Try to get calluses, which is 
yeah. harder and stronger and then kind of soften them up a little bit and just deal with it that way. I guess. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it because basically, well, the Stanley Cup is over. Washington has mm-hmm. won that. Uh, the NBA Finals are basically over because Cavaliers have no shot. So we're moving on to baseball, and now we got Otani hurt. We will be back in just a couple minutes. With our guest. Tom Bernard Show. Uh, a couple of special guests coming up next. Yep. Be right back. It's Tom telling Hello? you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. Hello. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 55 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth. After being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. To really come <laughs> sail away. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Philippe and Ashlyn Cousteau, Travel Channel Series. Now, Philippe and Ashlyn, you have to help me out with this. Is it Caribbeans who live in the Caribbean? Is that how it goes? The Caribbeans are people. Caribbean is an area. Is that right? So what what Philippe and I usually say is we're going to the Caribbean, but it can be the Caribbean Sea. Yeah. But I just usually say Caribbean. Caribbean. So, <laughs> but you never call them Caribbeans. We have, we have surveyed people throughout the region. We've been online searching, and honestly, I think it's one of those things that either one is correct. So, dealer's okay. choice. Okay. Travel Channel series Caribbean Pirate Treasure returning for a second season on Wednesday, June 13th. Season 2 premieres next Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 10 and 10.30, 9 and 9.30. Depending on whether you go, that's Eastern Pacific Time, 10 and 10.30, Central Time at 9 and 9.30. Ocean Explorers Philippe and Ashlyn Cousteau plunge into an all-new seafaring story. Bunch of seafaring stories in the return of Travel Channel's Caribbean Pirate Treasure. What a great... See, that, you know, you guys have a pretty good job. You do know that, right? <laughs> we feel very lucky, because I'll tell you, I mean, you know, and, and when we were first working on the show, people were like, oh, you know, Caribbean Pirate Treasure. I was like, who doesn't love all three of those things? So, yes, we, uh, we love the show. It's a lot of fun. How much time do you spend in the Caribbean? Oh, wow. Um, we were down there for almost three months this year, filming. Uh, was it in the, um, during the so, winter yeah, holidays? I'd say, yeah, we went, we went, yeah, we went right after, um, right after hurricane season, we were down there. Oh, excellent. So it was like winter spring. Yeah, that, so is, is, is the hurricane season basically kind of July through October like it is in, in the United States? Yeah, I think there's allegedly starts a little later. I think it's supposed it to start in November, but, you know, the weather has just been so crazy that I, you know, probably starting to push it out earlier. Yeah. 
That's what I'm thinking anyway. So I want to hear about Caribbean pirate treasure. Are they, uh, you know, I have to ask you both something because you know uh, about the sub, this subject much more, much better than I do. They showed a picture of the Mariana Trench, and they tried to claim that there was a huge piece of plastic in the Mariana Trench now. How is that? That's not possible, is it? Well, unfortunately, it's absolutely possible. It would sink that. Isn't the Mariana Trench seven miles deep? Yeah. How does it get down there? Yeah, so uh, it'll, it'll sink. I mean, you know, heavy heavy pieces of plastic will continue to get crushed, and crusher uh, will continue to you know, compress them. Um, but they'll just sink. They've, you know, in the past, they found evidence of, um, of, of small bits of plastic down in deep parts of the ocean for sure. So it's, it's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Uh, I, it would be kind of nice if we did stop doing that. I know the straws have become, matter of fact, the last three or four times I've gotten a beverage, I've gotten a, a paper straw with it, which they, when I was a kid, straws were, were always paper. They were never plastic. Yeah, right, exactly. We don't need those. And here's the thing. The reality of it all is, is too, it's not just there's plastic. You know, it's very visual. There's plastic on beaches, and we see plastic, you know, uh, floating around in the ocean. We load up the plastic, you know, big garbage patch in the, throughout our ocean. But what's also happening is the plastic is breaking down into these microplastics. Right. These tiny microscopic pieces of plastic. And those plastics, they found, absorb, you know, dioxins and PCBs and all these toxic chemicals. And every single piece of fish that you test now, even most sea salt that you test now has microplastic in it. So you're ingesting all of that toxic plastic in every seafood meal that we have. And so there's a whole human health issue that we're talking about here too. Yeah, there's no question about that. It it does need to stop, and there's no question about that. Uh, To tell you the truth, I have a soda in front of me. It's in a plastic bottle. I much more enjoy getting the Coca-Cola little bullets, you know, the glass bottles, a little, I guess there's seven ounces, something like that. Are we going to return to, I hope we return to plastic. I, I mean, excuse me, return to glass from plastic. That would be wonderful. Dive into exhilarating I deep sea adventures. Yeah, I hope so. Dive into exhilarating deep sea adventures with underwater explorers Philippe Cousteau, grandson of legendary explorer, of course, Jacques Cousteau, and his journalist wife Ashlyn as they investigate incredible stories of pirates plunder and lost loot in the new season of Caribbean Pirate Treasure. Doesn't everybody think, you know, I'm gonna become a treasure hunter and I, I, there's so many people I'm going to retire, and I'm going to become a treasure hunter. Is that even possible? (laughs) Well, I would have thought no, but we've met some incredible characters. Um, I will say that most treasure hunters are very interesting. Um, They're not your average day person. Right. And they are, you know, they're like these good old salty dogs from the sea. But, I mean, we've... There's, there's also, there's treasure hunters, and then there's treasure finders. And we have interviewed some of those treasure finders on the show and, and met with some of them. And it's, it's just amazing what's out there. It just takes a lot of work to find things. It takes a lot of patience, a lot yeah. of technology, and a lot of luck. Is it? Uh, you know, because we, we have a saying on the show that says, you miss it by an inch, you miss it by a mile. Yeah. And when you're dealing with the ocean underwater and you've got sandy you know, areas that are shifting all the time with currents, covering and uncovering things. You know, the visibility may only be, you know, a few feet or in some cases a few inches in some of these places. Like, literally, if you could be on top of it and not see it half the time. So it's a lot more difficult than anybody thinks. And as Ashton said, there are a lot of treasure hunters, but much few, far fewer treasure finders. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Is there any estimate? How, uh, is it possible to have an estimate about how much treasure is at the bottom of the ocean around the world it it must be billions of dollars i would assume billions and billions um of dollars because even just one treasure ship could have you know depending on how quickly it sank and how intact the quote you know the treasure vault is i mean just one ship could be worth um hundreds of millions of dollars and that's just one ship 
So if you think of all of the treasure ships that were going back and forth from the New World back to the Old World, giving you know the kings their their cargoes of gold, I mean, there's just countless, countless treasures out there. And some of them aren't necessarily in deep oceans. Some of them are usually near rocky shoals or right, islands right. that nobody you know knew were there. They're right off course, so they're around Key West. They're around... Um, the island in the Caribbean. I mean, they're they're off Florida. It's it's quite crazy how much of that of that bo- booty booty <laughs> is so close to the shore. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, I so my wife and I went down to Key. I had never been. I've been to all the other Keys, but I'd never been to Key West. And my wife and I went down there and stayed this uh, winter over uh, her birthday weekend, and we just absolutely loved it. This this. Uh, Standing on the uh, shore, looking over Sunset Key and watching the sunset there, uh, you know, people said, "Ah, you know, you'll go to Key West, but I don't know if you'll like it." Yeah, we loved it. We thought it was fantastic. Well, and that's what we love about the show. You know, we, this season we visit Key West and we go out with the um, with the Fishers, you know, Mel Fishers crew, his famous crew. They found the Tocha in the '80s and with you know at the time half a billion dollars in treasure. And they're still recovering stuff every year. I mean, they still think there's, you know, easily several hundred million dollars left um, floating around out there. And, and you know, the the just for that from the, from the wreck of the Atocha and the Santa Margarita. And um, what we love about the show is that it's just always, in, you know, there's so much mystery and wonder in the world. And the show is all about uncovering that because these are the pirate stories and histories that capture, captivate our imaginations, that captivate all of us growing up uh, during the books and the movies that we read and we're digging into the truth behind these stories and finding out about the, the, the incredible characters and villains and heroes and, you know, all the history behind it. And then going out and, you know, diving and exploring in some of the most dangerous conditions I've ever experienced in my life. I know I probably say the same for Ashland. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's just such a fun adventure to actually see the truth behind all the stories and the lore that we grew up with. Now, when you do find treasure, okay, so you, there are treasure hunters that are treasure finders. When you do find treasure, how is it difficult to claim the treasure as yours? Are there territorial rights? Are there, are there a lot of hoops you have to jump through? Yeah, every country is different. And even in the yeah. United States, every state is different. Um, so Florida actually has some pretty good rules. I forget if the split is 50-50 or if it's 40-60, but Florida actually lets you keep some of it. Um, but in some of the other countries like um, Peru or Ecuador, you know, usually their rules are if it's, you know, if it's, if it's off, it's, if, it's, if it's in our waters, it's ours. Right, um, right. But then there's also maritime law that, well, if it's technically your ship, then you could try to claim it. If you have a Spanish ship that went down in Columbia waters, which had happened recently, you know, they're fighting over it. But then you also have to think, but the gold came from a different country. So couldn't that original country, (laughs) couldn't those indigenous people have claim on that gold? So it gets very confusing um, when you start talking millions of dollars, uh, like, you know, like on land. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, you know, for us, the name of the the aim of the show is to go and explore these stories. And, you know, whatever we have found has gone to historical groups, has gone to the government to be able to, you know, take pride in the heritage and and, and the history of the the nation. Um, And as Ashwin said, it's also a reminder that, uh, you know, that that so much of the wealth that was exported to the old world, quote-unquote, um, was plundered from indigenous, you know, peoples, Incas, yep. the Mayans, yep. etc., um, the Tainos, and uh, was stolen from them. Um, so there's that whole layer there as well. But we're really about uncovering these stories. We're not about going and plundering places and, right. and um, you know, and, 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 and taking that out. But it, it, just holding it in your hands and knowing that you're touching a piece of history that goes back hundreds of years uh, is, is a thrill. Yeah, I could see that. As you said, that this the historical element of it is wonderful. Recovering it for countries that may need the resources, I, it's got to be very gratifying to have to have that job. And, of course, once again, it's not, I'm sorry to inform you of this, but it's not really a, a, that hard a job to float around in the Caribbean, okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we're really lucky. But, you know, it's, it's also the, the, kind of the, the meaning of what we do you know, a great example of it uh, on a whole other level is when we went to Peru, you went out with a naval 
uh, the, the Peruvian Navy looking for a, a lost ship, a, a naval ship from 300 years ago that was lost when the powder magazine exploded. And they were pirate hunters. And it meant a tremendous amount to the Peruvian Navy to be able to shed light on this piece of their history and honor these heroes. And we helped them um, uncover uh, evidence that indeed we believe we may have found that ship. Um, and so you see the pride in the faces of the, the, the Navy and of Peru, of, of its pride of, of chosen, closing this chapter of its history. There's, there's a lot of really uh, satisfaction. There's a lot of satisfaction in that, too. Yeah, I, and that's the whole thing. As I said, finding it has got to be very satisfying. Returning it to its rightful owners, very satisfying. All of this, it's a... It's a First of all, it sounds like a very fun job. I'm not saying there's there's not a lot of hard work involved because I'm sure there is, but the satisfaction you gain from doing this job has got to be just terrific. It is great. It really is. And honestly, the fact that Philippe and I get to do it together makes it even more special for us um, just to be able to share that experience. Because you know, when you're underwater, you're you're more or less alone. Um, so to be able to, to do to have that uh, experience in that special moment with someone is is just really great. That does make sense. Now, Ash, Ashlyn, last time we talked, you were talking about how you have to kind of carry Philippe through this whole thing. So you're you're pretty much taking uh, <laughs> taking the big hit on the job, and Philippe just kind of floats around. Is that right? Still. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) That was very smart. And and, and Philippe found something this season, which is great. But I think I found the rest of the stuff. (laughs) There you go, Philippe. I knew she was going to claim it. So you're a very smart guy. It's true. It's It's true. It kills me. But it's true. (laughs) Travel Channel Series Caribbean Pirate Treasure returning for a second season on Wednesday, June 13th. Season 2 premieres Wednesday, June 13th at 9 o'clock and 9.30 Central Time, 10 p.m., 10.30 Eastern and Pacific Time. Thank you both so much for your time. It's always very entertaining to talk to you. Thank you. We always have a great time. Thanks for having us on. Uh, Great pleasure. That is going to do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Great stuff. Great stuff this week. I was just looking back over the the schedule with, you know, people like uh, Violet, Ramus Steele, and, of course, Philippe and Ashlyn just now. Great comedians in, so good job, Cassie. Uh, thank you. We will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show.